0: Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2016. This is Maddie talking about Step 11. Maddie, Alcoholics over today. Hi, you guys can hear me. Yeah. Cool. Um, I really like similes, um, and I love not planning for anything in terms of AA. But um, for me, I was sitting there, and what came to me was. A flashback from my first semester at, um, at university a couple of years ago. I took a philosophy course and I went to my first lecture in week eight, um, eight out of twelve. <laughs> but what I walked into was uh, the topic of cause and effect. Now I thought I understood very clearly the cause and effect is, for me, in everyday life. I don't go to bed, I'm tired. <clears throat> the cause being not going to bed, tiredness being the effect of what I've just done or what I haven't done. For me, step 11 is very much so, in a lot of its elements, the only step where it's predominantly based around the effect of all the other steps. For me, step 11 is so much to do with this change that by this time has occurred, this intuition that I get in a new way of living. For me, step 11 is how I don't make the same mistakes anywhere near as frequently. And what usually happens is I get this idea of a new way of being, a new way of acting. And I usually take that idea and then after the fact I sit there at night and I think there is no way in the past I would have ever thought that that was a good idea or there's no way that I would have ever actually done that. I remember I'd come into AA and... I was this, as the book talks about, a violently anti-religious person. I saw God, I didn't know what spirituality was, and there was no way that I was ever going to pray or accept that God was going to help me stay sober. This was my role to do, like every other problem I'd ever had. But here I was a few weeks in, and I was driving back from my first bit of service, um, driving my brother to work, um, down in a a winery, actually, uh, about 40 minutes away from, uh, from where we live, and... And I was coming back and I'd been kicked out by the missus again and the words that my sponsor had said, just try, experiment with prayer, came in. And my first prayer went a little like this. God, I need another chance. I know that I can be better and I know that I want to prove to you that I deserve to be with this person. She, made, she rang me a couple of days later and made sure that there was no contact since. Until I got an opportunity to make amends, but that's another story. But it really, I learned something after the fact. Now that prayer was exactly what the book talks about not doing. I was praying for me, and I was praying for only me, and everyone else needed to get out of my way so that I could get what I wanted. And it didn't happen, thankfully. But looking back on that experience, what happened was that gave me a benchmark gave me a benchmark of when I don't act like that, and thankfully my prayers these days are very different to that initial attempt, um, an effect happens. For me these days, the most selfish thing I pray for is patience and tolerance, especially when it comes to family and especially when it comes to working with others, because even today there's, there's absolutely no way that I think that I will ever want to go out and help someone by default. But almost every day I try to do at least one or two things for other people. Because not only do I get this byproduct of happiness, but it keeps me sober seemingly. Now for me, patience and tolerance being things for me allow me to be there for other people. I know how much damage I caused, especially my family and siblings taking them to and from school when I'd rock up, and they'd say something and they said it in the wrong tone. And i get real short with them. Or well, they wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. They wouldn't get dressed quickly. I wanted to leave five minutes earlier and they just weren't obeying. But with, with this newfound tolerance, with this newfound patience and with this ability to now accept other people's actions of the way that other people are, not immediately, but sooner than I used to, I'm able to actually be more present, actually be humbled by, by this prayer, and by this intuition and a new way of living, I'm able to actually give back to these kids that don't deserve me to be short. They don't deserve anything from me but that love and tolerance and that patience that I should have, but I don't, as a human being, I guess. I remember another really good experience where, after all the trouble with my brother, he had his car crash, he killed his best mate, and it was it was a big event last year. Um, and I, there was this massive court process going through and I had these ideas of how he should be behaving. We all did. We had this idea that he should be going to, um, to counselling, to therapy. Um, he should be getting full-time work. He should be volunteering. He should be doing everything he possibly sh- uh, can be to ensure that this, uh, the sentence, when it comes, is lessened. Now, naturally, my brother Ethan didn't do anything that we thought he should. And I was blessed with this idea that I wouldn't have either. You know, I spent my whole life when someone said, you're never going to do that, I did it. And I spent my whole life on the other side when they said, don't do this, and I did it. And these days I'm able to, thanks to this new way, this intuition that I've been granted, be able to see things a lot sooner, as I said before, but be able to actually let go of these things. Now, I again, last year, got this opportunity to take Ethan to a new job. Um, I was up 4am every morning and I was driving him a couple of hours away or an hour there, an hour back and then going to uni. Um, but I caught wind that through what he was earning at work, he was spending on drugs. The same thing that got him into the mess in the first place. And I got on my high horse, my prestige came back and I thought, well, I'm not going to be the enabler. I'm going to stop driving him. And shortly after that, I was at a meeting on a Friday night actually, um, I talked to a member about it because i got gotten the message from mum And he said, why don't you pray? And I did what I remember really, really well um, when I was drinking, and it was the toilet prayer. But I hadn't been drinking this night. And I went into the toilets at Heidelberg, and I said a little prayer. I said, God, I need help. What should I do? Do I cut him off? And is that the right thing to do? What came to me almost immediately as I finished that prayer was something that I could have sat there for days mulling this over, and I don't think I would have come up with it. Something as simple as, why do you need to stop being of service because someone else is making a decision? Simple. I shared an experience about um, blowing my money with him. Um, He said thanks. That was literally all he said after this massive message I sent. and (laughs) We moved on. I picked him up on the Monday. He's since gone along on his journey and it's been really nice to sit back and be approachable another thing that came as a result of this step or having gone through the preceding steps as the effect of the rest of this program. For me, it's, you know, if prayer is the asking for things, hopefully for other people or for the benefit of other people, the meditation is for the listening. It's for waiting for the response for me and it's, it's huge and it's imperative. I mean, I, I was listening to, um, to a speaker tape the other day where he talked about how prayer is for me to hear myself talk, and I absolutely understand that. It's, and I was talking to a couple of members out the front where I said, I can sit here in my head and say, I like couscous, but I hate couscous. <laughs> Whatever I say in my head does not matter. It's, I mean, I learned that in step four. I learned that when I write it down, it means something completely different. And I learned that when I say something out loud, I hear it very differently to how it is inside. I know by now that I don't know what's good for me. And I'm learnt, I, I'm learnt, I'm taught something new every day about something, a little, little thing. I should have breakfast, I should skip breakfast because I don't have time. And I'm usually taught that whatever that idea is, it's wrong. I skipped breakfast this morning. By lunchtime I was eating myself. I was starving. It's a simple, small decision and I failed. Can't even decide something small like that. And here I am trying to decide things for my brother, for my life, for my family's life, for the people closest to me. But I also went through an experience recently where, and I'm glad that this cause and effect came back because it really, this intuition came as a result of the work that I did preceding. This work that I did to get closer to God through every other step. It was this way of thinking, this way of living that actually enables me to be on a the level playing with people. But it only, only came as a result of everything else that I've done. I never had it before. I never knew what it was before. And I never should have expected that it would stay unless I continued the preceding work. I went through that phase. I went through that phase of, thank you, getting up in the morning, not praying, sitting on my phone, having a smoke having three or four coffees, getting a nice thought about what today's going to look like, going ahead with some willingness that I didn't think that I, I would have ever had if I didn't ask for it. But I hadn't asked for it this morning. And I went out and I did some things that I didn't want to do. I caught up with the sponsee, I then went to a meeting, I got another sponsee as a result of going to that meeting. Life was pretty good. So I go to bed, I do my review, I get up the next morning and I sit there, I have my coffees, I have my smoke, I play my games there's no prayer. This went on for a few weeks. And all of a sudden this intuition, this new way of thinking started to fade. I started making more mistakes than I usually did. Patience went out the window. Tolerance slowly went out the window. The want to be around humans went out the window really quick. And I realised that it was because, the reason that I was granted this intuition was because of the work that I was doing. Now, this, like anything else that I've learnt in sobriety, is only a result of the mistakes that I've made. I don't learn from anyone else's experience. Sounds good, sometimes it gets me inspired, but it's not until I put in the action, it's not until I go out and do something about it that I actually learn, I actually have an experience of my own that I can share. And most of those experiences are failed attempts at life. For me, an experience is merely a mistake that I've made and I've learnt from. And I've tried something different in the future. And this intuition is is all these different attempts at doing something different in life. There are all these things that, as I said before, I don't know why I do these things. So many people call me and I see the call and I think, no, not today, probably not tomorrow. But I answer. And I don't do that. I'm the person that turns their phone off for weeks on end just in case I take the phone off the hook at home but I don't do that anymore and often I want to I, and I the word for it is intuition for me because it's something that I can't explain it's something that I couldn't harness by myself and it's the solution to the way that I used to be the way that I can be if I don't continue this work It's it's the way that I can be if I'm not doing inventory. It's the way that I can be if I'm not promptly admitting my wrongs. It's the way that I will be if I don't come here and share my story and talk to other people that I don't know. I don't necessarily want to talk to in some cases. But I love in this step how it talks about only for his knowledge. Because I don't know what that is. And here I am supposed to be asking for whatever that is. And for me, I came up with this really cute idea that it was just trial and error when I got here in the first place. I thought, but yeah, I'll try this. It doesn't work. I'll try something else. I went back to resting on my laurels. I went back to thinking that I have the solution somewhere and I'm just going to get to it one day. But I didn't. It gave me a lot of experiences, but they were all what-not-to-dos. When I ask out loud for guidance when i ask how i should behave sooner or later something comes and it's led me to a life that it's led me to a life that i always believed i didn't deserve it led me to a life where i can attempt to be helpful i'm not one of those per people that would claim that i ever am helpful but i like to attempt to be because I think that at least that may be close for now, what God wants for me. Another great experience with was Step 11, and it was this idea that just behaving differently to how I used to was Friday. I was in court supporting another member all day. Um, but we finished up a couple of minutes before we thought or originally thought that we were going to it. And I'm house-sitting at the moment because a mate of mine has two cats that he doesn't want to put in a shelter. And so I had to go from one end of Melbourne, back on the train, get my car from the station, drive to the other end of Melbourne, come back and be here on time, or at least hope so. It was going to be a big day, and not once did I feel overwhelmed by everything that I had said, yes, I'll do. I got to my mate's place, I went in, I fed the cats, I gave him a pat, I took my time, and I came out 10, 15 minutes later... And the counters just wouldn't start. And here I am, supposed to be at the steps meeting. And I'm supposed to get there, I want to get there, I want to participate, I'm feeling inspired, and there's just shit thrown in my way. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> Obviously not much has changed. Um, but the first thing I did was laugh. And then I, got a, I, got, I was blessed with a memory of the way I used to think because I was always one of those people that I would people please and I would do everything I possibly could to make you like me or make myself feel better through hoping that you would feel good with me and when that didn't work I would feel resentful or I'd go out and I'd buy someone flowers I'd come back it'd be all good and then I'd stub my toe for example and I'd think see this is why I don't do nice things because there's always something bad that's thrown in my way but only when I try and do nice things. If I'm a prick all the time, surely these bad things won't happen. That was my philosophy. That's what I thought. And I remember that would have been a perfect time. I've been in court all day. I've sat there. It wasn't great. It was pretty boring. I've come here to do something that um, I don't want to do. I didn't want to drive in traffic for 40 minutes. I don't want to, definitely don't want to drive back in traffic for 40 minutes to get to a Steps Weekend that I just hope is okay. And now my car's broken. Now it's going to cost me money. See, if I wasn't here in the first place, it wouldn't have happened. But I laughed. I said a quick prayer and I asked for help and I found a solution. And I'm still here and I, my car's still over there, but it's okay. And I still haven't fretted about it. If that's not a new way of being and living, I don't know what is. That freedom that's come as a result of the preceding steps, as the effect of the preceding steps for me, is amazing. And it's not what I intended to happen. But it came as a result of asking. I'll leave it there. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.